Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. <laughs> yeah, I'm just tough. You know, we'll make good plays, and then, you know, we have a little lapse or a little miscommunication turnover. Um, no, we just had way too many of those. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, especially with 28 turnovers, kind of shot ourselves in the foot. You know, um, you know teams are going to beat you and stuff, but, you know, when you look at that, it's kind of like we just beat ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, very disappointing. We came out with fire, came out aggressive, played well. Um, I mean, you can't win with as many turnovers we had today. Uh, that's just that's just impossible in the NBA. Can't win with that many turnovers. I just think I, some some of those was just us. You know, we was driving the ball, kind of comes off our leg, um, making making our normal passes, just not getting them through. Um, I mean, it was it was just a normal day at the office for us, doing the normal stuff that we do, and it was just kind of the ball wasn't falling our way. Celtics have a huge lead early, and naturally they blow it. They lose one ten to one hundred seven to the Raptors. This is the Garden Report on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. All right, I'm Jared Weiss from CLNS Radio. With me, as always, Jimmy Toscano of Celtics Blog, CSNNE, and Metro Boston, and Julian Edlo of WEEI.com and CLNS Radio. We're going to break this one down for you, and there's only really one thing to summarize everything from a Celtics point of view, and that are TOs. Uh, Eric. Eric. That happened a lot tonight. A lot of That's fumbling. That's another turnover right there. You kind of freaked me out there for a second. Uh, you don't do that on purpose, right? But I get it. All right, cool. Thanks. Butter was everywhere, apparently, on these yeah. fingers tonight. I mean, we had Eric Turnover losing the ball. <laughs> Jeff Green can't hold the ball, all that kind of stuff. More terrible puns. But they, pretty much every single player that handles the ball on this team had at least four turnovers tonight, Jimmy. They did. And I want to Great cre- response. Yeah. <laughs> They did. That's what the numbers say. I yeah. want to credit the the Raptors guards. I mean, those guys, especially Lowry. I mean, what a just absolute monster on the defensive end. I mean, you're gonna look at the numbers and see 35 points and be like, oh my gosh, he, you know, he scored from all over. But he's, as Brad Stevens called him, a bull, and not just on offense but on defense. Obviously, it's not all the Raptors guards. I mean, the Celtics did have some sloppy turnovers, and I know Stevens also said a lot of it came in the half court. It wasn't like they were pushing the ball up and turning the ball over in transition. Some sloppy passes. I remember one possession. I remember the possession, I can't remember what quarter it was, but there was probably 13 or 14 passes, and the Raptors played good interior defense, and they couldn't. the Celtics couldn't get the ball past the three-point line, and they ended up passing the ball out of bounds, and that kind of sums up a lot of the turnovers that they had in this game. Yeah, it does, and talking about Kyle Lowry, you know, he was getting picked up by Avery Bradley and Marcus mm-hmm. Smart much of the game, didn't turn the ball over once, which yeah. wow. spoke volumes about him, and 
seemingly every Celtics ball handler had four or five turnovers, and that was the difference in the game. The Celtics got a lot of quality possessions when they were able to get a shot off, but when you throw the ball out of bounds, it doesn't matter. When you turn over the ball over 27 times, that like the guy said, we just saw the video, you can't win with that number, and not only that, but when you magnify that even more, somehow you can actually magnify this number because the Raptors never turned the ball over. No. They came into the game averaging nine turnovers per game. And they only turned the ball over seven times tonight. Beat their average. I think the Celtics turned the ball over like seven times in, in a timeout. I think that actually happened somehow. I mean, they, they average almost seven turnovers per quarter tonight. They nearly yeah, right. quadrupled that's up by good, one. That's good math. Turnovers. I went to elementary school, guys. <laughs> uh, it, you know, the funny thing, though, is that the interior passing, I didn't think was as much of the problem as a lot of guys dribbling the ball, yeah. dealing with high pressure from Lowry, from DeRozan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lou Williams even played some really good defense tonight. He actually had one play where he played phenomenal defense on, I want to say, Smart, and he still got called for the foul on like, hitting his hand on the follow-through. Yeah. Yeah. But Lou Williams, who isn't really known as a defender, is really known as kind of like a gunner scorer. I mean, he just they were locked in on the perimeter, and they did what the Celtics usually do to people, where they have a lot of guys that are under 6'4 that can really get into your chest on defense and can smother you. I yes. No response. I, I, I can't agree. Believe I knocked him dead there. So, <laughs> um, so, so let's let's go to the other side of this uh, cup half full. Here is the rebounding differential it was plus thirty one for the Woo! Celtics. Now a lot of that had to do with the field goal percentage. It ended up being fifty one point three at the end, but they were up to sixty eight percent in the first half. The Celtics were so it was a lot more missed shots for the uh, for the, by the Raptors than there were by the Celtics. The rebound differential is remarkable for a team that rebounding is one of their weaknesses, John. Right, and if you look at it, the big number that stands out to me with the re- is the offensive rebounds. I mean, yes. 17 offensive rebounds. Eight from Solinger. Yeah, eight yep. from Solinger. More all- than the Raptors had as a team. I mean, you, you, there's a lot of those that stood out to me in the first quarter when the Celtics played their best basketball of the game when they were crashing. Solinger had a put-back dunk, put back dunk in, that, in that quarter. And you, don't, you don't see that many of those. He jumped 12 inches on that yeah. one. That was I mean, huge. That, that was a legit put-back dunk right there. Um, they were aggressive. They were crashing the boards. The shots that they were missing, that which weren't much, they shot almost 80% in the quarter. They were getting the offensive rebounds, and then they were getting second chances on those. That can't, st- you know, it can't stay like that. That's a number that isn't going to sustain itself. But that just goes to show that when, you know they they do have that ability to crash the net like that and get those rebounds. Yeah, I mean, from the box score, turnovers were just more important than rebounds tonight. The team that won right. the turnover battle drastically ended up winning the game. I mean, I would like to know the last time that a team out-rebounded somebody, 55-24 to 24 it was, and lost the game. Yeah. It's a ridiculous margin, but like you said, it was because the Celtics came out so hot. They were hitting everything. There weren't many rebounds for the Raptors to grab, and then they just chipped their way back into the game with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan and made it work. And Dwayne Casey, Casey basically said what you just said. He said he's been coaching for however long he's been coaching. He doesn't think he's ever coached in a game where he's been out-rebounded by 31 and yeah. still won the game. He says he has no idea how that happened. I can't and believe he's been in the game where he got out-rebounded by 31 <laughs> yeah. ever. Right. So it's, no, yeah, exactly. That's, I think that's what he's saying. He doesn't think that that's no. possible. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, is that re- a rebounding differential is really bad, but we've seen plenty of teams, including the Celtics back. I mean, when they had those great teams, they were just about dead last in the league of rebounding. Miami's yeah. been the same way. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these, a lot of great offenses and defenses aren't really that high in rebounding. 
turnovers kill you more than anything in basketball. Yes. It's it's in, more in any sport. Yeah. More than the field ball percentage over football, even a lot of the time. Yeah, sure. I mean if you if you have twenty plus turnovers and you win the game, that means either the differential is really small or the other team just couldn't shoot whatsoever. The Raptors shot forty eight percent. They had a really, really good second half. Yeah. And Kyle Lowry was just pretty much perfect for the vast majority of this game. And just an asterisk next to the or side note for the rebounds is the Raptors were without their starting center and their starting power True. forward. Yunus oh, Allen Poopy. Yeah. Oh, by, yeah, oh, by the way, Valencia Yunus, Valencia Yunus, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And Amir, Amir Johnson. Johnson. So, blah, blah, blah. Tyler Hansborough, I, I respect him as a, uh, as a athletic freak and a kind of energy the type. psycho man. Yeah, psycho T. Psycho T. Uh, but, he, you know, he's not the rebounder that some of these other guys could be. Okay, well, we're going to rebound in part two with a great performance for you. We'll be right back. <laughs> Should have said it off the top. Like us on Facebook. The link is in the post on Celtics yeah. Blog and CLNS Radio. So like us there. Subscribe on iTunes. Um, tweet at us. We use hashtag on board so to do the, open up here. the Twitter bag. But we're going to do baller and boxing in the next part. So we'll save the Twitter bag for the next episode on Friday. Garden Report will be right back for part two. Stay tuned. Oh, definitely. Everyone goes through it. Um, everybody got to pay their dues to it. Nothing you can really do. Just kind of can't get too high, can't get too low. Um, you know, everybody made a play um, that, uh, you know, could have been corrected. Uh, unfortunately, mine was uh, in a crucial, very, very crucial moment of the game. Are you looking for the, the pick to come over or something? Yeah, I was. I was going towards the pick to Kelly and uh, pick and roll and hit him on the pop, but I crossed over. Uh, he made a good play on the ball. <laughs> It is, but you know we have a game in two days. You, know, you can't go into the Philly game thinking about the last three losses. You just got to go out there and continue to get better. Uh, you know we have a lot of positives we can take away from the game and uh, continue to grow. What do you do for yourself to kind of let go of a loss like this? Well, I watch the game. Uh, I watch it again tonight. Uh, you know I watch it. I go through with coach tomorrow, and uh, after that we got to move on and get ready for Philly. Um, awesome. It's always awesome having um, Rondo on the court. Um, you know, you just gotta find your chemistry. You gotta know when he's passing, when he's not. If you cut, he's always gonna look for that cut. You just gotta play um, aggressive. That will help him be uh, as aggressive as possible. How much difference is, different is the pace that he can play at this year compared to where he was last year? <laughs> Tremendous. Um, it's totally different. You know, he's running the ball. He's running the ball, but now he's pressure in the ball. He's playing. He's playing well. He's playing well. He looks great. All right, we're back for part two now. What up? Let's talk Rondo. Triple-double, 29th of his career. It's actually been only about five regular season games since he had a triple-double, if you're going back to last year. Uh, Feels but, like forever. You know, the guy obviously looks a lot better than before, and seeing him getting the rebounds, I think, is a, that's a good sign that you want to look for, is that he's crashing the boards. He feels that he has the energy and the quickness that he can still crash the boards and get up court. He can still go up for the rebounds, and that was kind of the, the takeaway I had for Ronda tonight, Julian. Yeah, he played a great game, and, you know, he's been flirting with triple-doubles all season. Tonight he finally got his first one, and uh, like, like the rest of the team, he had five turnovers to go with it, and that's kind of what hindered his night. Almost a quadruple-double. <laughs> yeah, a bad quadruple-double. Um, but, you know, for the season now, he's averaging 9.25 points per game, nine rebounds per game, 12.5 assists per game. So it seems like the, a triple-double is going to be within the conversation for him every night. 
and that's what this team is going to need out of them if they're going to stay competitive in games tonight where they get uh, where the turnover margin is 20 turnovers so you know a great game for Rondo the turnovers hurt but it's it's good to see him bounce back like this because we didn't see him see it from him last year like he has been so far right I mean the triple double to me it's almost like you know what else is new and that's that's a good thing for Rondo to, for me to not be that impressed by it anymore I mean you right. look at it it's it's 10 rebounds it's 13 points he just got there you know he just got that's a classic Rondo stat line to me so the, the thing that the thing that does stand out to me is the 10 rebounds because like you said it shows he's more a little bit more aggressive or he's maybe he's not shying away from you know the offensive glass or even the defensive glass um that's what I like to see but I thought some of the passes that he made tonight I, when I look at a triple double, I want to see like what do I remember from the triple double. To me, it's yeah. some of the passes that he made, especially the one to A.B. Bradley. The baseline, the baseline behind. I I've watched it 14 times. It's like a curveball. I'm gonna go watch it after yeah. this, like 14 more, and I still don't know how he made it happen. I mean, he like barely saw Bradley come by, out from out of bounds. Just perfect passes to him, and good for Bradley for knowing that it might happen because yeah. that just goes to show that, that yeah. Bradley really knows Rondo because most players wouldn't dare make that pass, but Rondo. Would, Chris Paul is like the only other guy that I feel like puts like spin on his passes. Yeah. Him and Rondo and, and Rubio too. Yeah, but this Rubio's th- not in the same class though. No, he's but, not. But no. he he can throw those passes. But so. even just take the chance of just throwing it, you know, and and good for Ruby Bradley to be ready for that. I think, you know, he he drained the shot, so he was ready enough for that pass. So that was good. It was good. And Jeff Green said after the game, well, he's on two legs now. You know, Rondo's came back last year to help the guys yeah. help the team out a little bit, but he wasn't fully back. Now he's got two legs and. We're seeing the difference. You know, a lot of it is system also, is that Rondo is able to make that pass, not necessarily that he could see Bradley, but that he knows that the system's going to dictate Bradley to go wait in that corner because he has to keep the corner stretched out, and that's the most open shot on the floor right now. So Rondo can throw that pass rather blindly. It's a pretty good calculated risk. We did see he had another blind pass that he threw to nobody earlier in the game, so sometimes <laughs> it backfires. Oh, yeah. yeah it happens. And that's, I'm not sure all the turnovers were that issue, but we saw a few passes yeah. and nobody. It happened on the last play of the Dallas game as well. Yes. Kind of hucked yeah, one out yeah, of bounds. Yeah, that was yeah. desperation t- type of cross-court pass. I remember that one. That was tough. So this is just for fun. But let's say Rondo averages, he comes like one stat within a triple-double for the season. So like it's like 12, 9, and, uh, and 12 or something like that. Which Jimmy, is very possible. I'll start with Julian because I half-asked this before we went on the air. What... Where does that rank him in the NBA as far as elite players, if he could put up that kind of stat line? Does that change things drastically for him? Not in my eyes, because I've always viewed Rondo kind of in the same spot among point guards. But I think over the last year, Rondo has taken a hit where people rank him among point guards. You know, before the ACL injury, he was kind of a consensus top five guy. He may have been on the bottom end of that, four or five in most people's ranks. But over the time that Rondo was out and coming back from the ACL, I think a lot of people put him at 6, 7, 8. Some people even had him, you know, just barely in their top 10. And I think Rondo's really making the case this year that he is a top 5 point guard, and I think his numbers are going to show it. And, you know, he's not going to average a triple-double. That's just not going to happen. But I do think that he is going to be close this year, and rebounding is going to be what keeps him from getting there, and it's only going to be by a couple of them. So I, I definitely do think Rondo is a top five point guard, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't consider him a top five point guard right now. No, I mean, I put him at, I put him in the top ten, but closer to ten than five because I, I do need to see 
more games out of him. Like, I don't even think tonight's that great of a game for him. Yeah, you got the triple-double, but like I said, it's how you get the triple-double. I mean, if you want to just look at numbers at the end of the year and say, oh, this guy must have had a good season. He averaged whatever you said, 12, 10, and 9. I want to see more points. First of all, I think he needs to score more than 12 points if that's what he's averaging. I think he needs to have average at least 15. I don't think that's asking a lot from your best player. Um, and the, the assist, I, I expect him to average 10. You know what I mean? I, ex- I expect that. It's more than that. I expect 12. Right. Well, that's what mm-hmm. I mean. Exactly. But, you know, low-balling, I, ex- yeah. I expect double-figure assists. And the rebounds are going to be hit or miss. I mean, there's some rebounds that just follow a guy that's standing. I mean, it all you, it all depends on how you get him. So, I, it's got right. to, to me, it's got to be more than numbers. I want to see how he's affecting the game down the down in the fourth quarter, late in the game. I want to see how is he getting other guys involved or how is he getting himself involved. That, to me, is the mark of a great point guard. I mean, Not just the numbers. The big thing, if you compare them, is Rondo's effect on the last two minutes versus Lowry's tonight. I mean, yeah. Lowry and DeRozan, right. DeRozan had that incredible dunk that my that was spine ridiculous. was by, from that dunk. It was created by Kyle Lowry. But Lowry was the guy closing out this game. But mm-hmm. Rondo was not doing that for the Celtics. He, held, he certainly contributed. And that's just, he, not a new story. That's always been it's always what been people that way. want from him. And the thing right. is, Chris and Paul... That's the diff- and that's, I think, why you can't say he's a top five point guard. Yeah, like Chris Paul's a great passer and choreographer, but he still is the one closing games out when he needs mm-hmm. to at the end. And he's Blake Griffin, so Blake Griffin is another great closer, can also sure. do that too. But Rondo is not closing games out. Even like out. Damian Lillard last year as post, I mean, he's a freaking closer by <laughs> I mean, definition yes, now, you yeah. know? He's like he's like uh, the Derek Lowe in 2002 right. or something like that. Was that when he was a great closer back then? He had like one yeah. big year, he had like 42 saves. When he was a sport about when he was the... Uh, he got the wins in, in 2004 for yeah. each playoff series. He yeah. got the clinching win. I mean, we've always said Damian Lillard is basically Derek Lowe. Right. We can only hope to be. Okay, so let's wrap this up quickly. Real quick. Really quick boxing out. we got to bring that back. So for me, the rebounds, we already went into it. Boxing Throw a little right elbow here. at me. Your numbers. 27 turnovers. I mean, let's be 27 to 7. We'll even make it a, wor- yeah. a worse uh, c- contrast of turnovers. Everyone knows that you can't turn the ball over that many times and win the game, and they lost because of it. Rebounding and turnovers were the two big ones, so I'll just go with kind of Rondo versus Lowry. Rondo's triple-double. Lowry put up the 35 points. That was the key matchup. Lowry, like we talked about, big in crunch time. Raptors got the win. So am I hearing a baller the night there? The baller of the night was Kyle Lowry, <laughs> and that speaks a lot on a night that Rondo gets a triple-double, even though it wasn't you know, an impressive one, kind of like we talked about. But Lowry kept the Raptors in the game the whole night during the second quarter comeback and then coming ahead in the third quarter and then he had 31 points going into the third quarter only had 35 for the game but he made him count in those last two minutes hit a couple of big baskets got that steal that led to the DeRozan dunk he was the best player on the floor tonight agreed I'm gonna switch it up I'm gonna say Jared Selinger uh, 19 and 16 yes uh, eight offensive rebounds and uh, he didn't score his points from the three-point line tonight there was all uh you know, more down low in the paint type things, uh, five for five from the free throw line, all around solid game for him. You know, I really like that, was that it was one three-point attempt, he missed yeah. it, but whatever. The point is, is that game plan dictated that with Valen Poopy and with Johnson out, I love saying that so much, Why? that you had to go for it, <laughs> and you had to go down low yep. and attack the rim, and they did that with Solinger, and it worked. I mean, yeah. he, did, he had a really good game. Olenek, uh, the numbers oh, ended up really points good in the paint, too, yeah. 52-44. Yeah. Everything they were trying to do worked. They just, the turnovers. Right. That they just did it with the their eyes closed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So for me, I just have to go with DeRozan just because of that dunk. I mean, I, Lowry was an MVP tonight, but DeRozan's dunk was just, 
Oh my god, it was such an awesome way to end the game. Let's get down. You'll probably see it on Sports Center. You probably will. All right, well, Val and Poopy, we're out of here. Like us on Facebook, subscribe <laughs> on iTunes, download the CLNS radio app. I don't get it, and I don't like On the it. iTunes store. I hate it. For the guys that don't get it, I'm Jared Weiss. Garden Report's over. We'll see you next time, Friday night. Peace out. Still really early in your career, but it looks like uh, Kyle Lowry's a guy you can kind of circle on the calendar as somebody that you really want to match up against. Uh, most definitely. You know, uh, as a competitor, you always look for those competitions. And uh, right now, I'm 0-3 against